Clarissa explains... Me, Clarissa. First of all, I can deal with just about anything. Fark face, worms, mom's tofu sundaes. Even when I panic, it's cool panic. May I be excused to freak out? I'm not allowed to drive until I'm old enough to get my license. Parents are such sticklers for the law. And the 95,000 Christmas cards? Well, um, I can explain. Clarissa explains it all every Sunday at 6.30, 5.30 Central. On Nickelodeon. Nah, 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 gut buckets. <laughs> this is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name is Joey. I'm Andrew. And I'm Allie. And this is episode 194. We're talking our write-in episode, uh, Clarissa Explains It All. Ah, yes. Yeah, everybody uh, gather around your smart device. We're going to uh, tell tales of the darlings. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> I'm excited for it. Yeah, me too. I'm so glad you uh, did that na 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 na. I just want to say um, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good choice. Yeah, thank you. I think I tried to sell it. Um, uh, Allie, this is your first time on with us. Um, th- thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you you really had mentioned prior that like you liked if we ever did anything Clarissa uh, that you were interested in joining. Um, you've been a longtime supporter, which we so much appreciate. But uh, do, you, do you maybe want to just tell us a little bit about like your relationship with Nickelodeon and uh, what 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 is it? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, like, you know, like you guys grew up um, formative years in the 90s. Um, was a really dedicated Nickelodeon fan compared to maybe Disney or other networks um, and really fell in love with the animation um, and all the storylines. Um, I, I think especially that early 90s stuff with Clarissa, Salute Your Shorts, Are You Afraid of the Dark, um, probably Pete and Pete's probably my favorite of the whole bunch, but um, Clarissa had a cool connection for me. Uh, I'm a trans I'm a trans female, and so um, growing up as signed at male at birth and kind of a, a masculine upbringing, Clarissa was sort of an escape for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was really nice to have like a some sort of female uh, lead and someone I could connect with on my own without sort of feeling embarrassed, I guess. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I, I remember Mitchell Kriegman kind of saying that like that, you know, that the network wasn't sure, sure about a show just about a girl, but he'd always like kind of been really determined to make a show that was a, starring a girl, but didn't necessarily necessarily alienate anybody. Yeah. And I think Clarissa yeah. does like a, a brilliant job of, of that. Absolutely. I'd agree. Okay. So you'd say, are you, are you'd say Pete and Pete's your favorite? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, I, I do like a, like a Pete and Pete fan art page on Instagram. Um, oh, and I just, I've really fallen in love with the series. Um, again, thanks to you guys really listening to the podcast a lot and fall in love with the episodes again. And I've probably binged it like three or four times now <laughs> trying to find all the Crip star products. And yeah, so. where, where can people find your, uh, your art, uh, Insta? Um, if they want to just, uh, follow go to my my main instagram page which is at ali underscore mander mm-hmm. a l l y underscore m a n d e r uh there's links to stuff in my bio like of all the stuff i'm doing but um it's under Krebstar industries and so <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's pretty fun <laughs> yeah there's there's some um there's some pretty wonderful stuff like uh you know andrew you're not on instagram but they're like um they look like 90s Krebstar ads for all oh. sorts all sorts yeah. of stuff very in cool. the Pete universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, well, Clarissa, this is... Uh, uh, we've had two encounters. Andrew, you wrote an episode entitled... Uh, for Gears Eve. <laughs> Perfect. For the holiday rating episode. <laughs> yeah, if you want to go back and check out the holiday special. Uh, and then last summer, our, our friend Bob um, did an episode. It was our summer-themed um write an episode and his was called Elvis has left the building. Ah, yes. Both great. Was, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, great entry. Um, I, I hadn't dabbled and I was pretty fearful. I mentioned this at the end of the last episode, just because Clarissa 
there isn't a lot of wiggle room as far as settings or yeah. I mean I guess there could be for characters but for the most part they kind of stick to you know a core group did was this intimidating did you guys how did you guys feel uh, going into this um, for me, it was more of just figuring out the conflict and then adapting it to the surroundings. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, I had kind of a tough time with this. It, it, I don't know what it is. I like, I had to get myself back into the Clarissa mode because I haven't <laughs> watched it in a while. So I had to get like, did the you feel watch of it again? Um, I watched just like a bunch of clips to get me going. Right. Yeah, I watched a couple episodes. Mine's mine kind of focuses on one of the main, one of the characters, and so I, I watched a few episodes and about them just to get the feel. Oh, Ooh, mm-hmm. that's enticing. Yeah. Not, I'm guessing not Clarissa. Uh, yeah, Clarissa isn't really the focal point. Oh, I'm very intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny if you're like, I really dove into one character, and like, <laughs> Clarissa. <Yeah. laughs> it's a prequel. <laughs> um. Andrew, you and I were kind of talking off mic before we started that um, well, I was saying when I was I finished mine and I felt pretty good. And then I realized that I pretty much had hijacked um, a pre-existing Clarissa story and just changed like the thing. And you said that you've also you're also worried that you did that. Uh, yes, except <laughs> I, it's a different show. Um, oh, okay. so I think I just like partially stole the um, just a broad idea from another show that we've talked about. Oh, see that, see, that's better. Like I, I think I stole <laughs> my, like, my, sure. yeah, my entire episode is like just a B side of another Clarissa. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. Um, well, Andrew, do you, uh, do you want to take us into, uh, the, the sure. darling universe? Yeah, sure. I, I noticed you keep saying darling. I wonder if your title is going to have darling in it. Um, because mine does. Oh, um, <laughs> mine is called Untamed Darlings. Oh, like Untamed World, kind of. I like it. Um, I, I mean, it, it. You know, <laughs> this has a real possibility of conflict. I'm positively. Oh, it's got tingling. conflict. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the camera blinks on, and Clarissa's room is at a weird angle. As the camera spins, she asks. Is this thing on? Turning it around to face her, she says, There we go. Welcome to Clarissa TV. You won't find any commercials here. Just all action, all the time. She lowers the camera and tells us, For our end of year project, Mr. Fudstein has assigned us to make our own TV shows. First place wins a trip to Universal Studios, Orlando, Florida. (laughs) So Sam and I have been trying to come up with something worth watching. She imagines a few possibilities. The Darling Variety Hour, full of cheesy costumes and terrible singing. DPD, Darling Police Department, in which the family is a squabbling group of cops. And Ferguson's Island, a sitcom featuring the Darling stranded on the titular island trying to escape using Ferguson's terrible <laughs> inventions. I've always found watching TV to be pretty easy, Clarissa says. How hard could making it be? Do, 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 <laughs> Great intro. Love the love the concept. Hey. Um, hi, Sam. Clarissa, Clarissa says as his ladder crashes down on the windowsill. Climbing up, Sam asks, "So, did you think of any more ideas?" "What's wrong with Ferg in space?" she says. "Get real," Sam complains. "We only have a week left to finish a whole episode. We need to come up with something we can actually pull off." But as I try to think of an idea. They end up spending the rest of the afternoon watching reality TV shows. When they finally snap out of it, inspiration strikes. Clarissa suggests they film their own reality show about her family. Requiring the least possible amount of resources, they agree it's the perfect plan. (laughs) They quickly get to work hunting down their first specimen, the rare Ferguson, in his natural (laughs) habitat. (laughs) As they film the Ferg wad loafing in his room, Flipping through a comic book hidden inside a physics textbook, 
They catch him stuffing his finger up his nose. Examining his crusty prize, he wipes it on his desk, and Clarissa gets the urge to hurl, so Sam suggests they move on. <laughs> Downstairs in, lo- in the living room, Marshall is organizing his collection of vintage magazine ads when he spots Clarissa and ropes her into a story about his childhood fondness for Nipper, the RCA dog. Afterward, is, that, is that what the RCA dog's name is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. Uh, afterward, they find Janet in the kitchen and briefly consider pivoting to a cooking show until they lay eyes on her newest creation, a papaya and mealworm pizza. Marshall bites into a slice to make her happy, and he winces. Need salt. <laughs> this isn't working, Clarissa tells Sam. My family is too boring. You're right, this is no good, Sam says, but I've got an idea. Clarissa films from the stairs as he feigns interest in what her parents are doing. He tries to coax a performance out of them, but not even his terrible acting can spice things up, and Clarissa starts to panic. Running out of options, she resorts to her last worst option. She imagines a horror movie, Night at the Living Ferg, in which her brother turns the rest of them into undead monsters. Ferguson agrees to help her make a more exciting show, but only if he's credited as executive producer and is allowed to travel to Orlando. Clarissa is hesitant, but he finally persuades her to join the Ferg side. (laughs) Setting up her camera on top of the TV, Clarissa distracts Sam and Marshall as Fergface works his magic. While no one's looking, he sneaks outside in Sam's shoes and tramps muddy footprints through the living room. He disappears upstairs just as Janet enters with her pizza, and she sees the mess. Noticing Sam's muddy sneakers by the door, she yells at him for dragging it through the house. Sam tries to defend himself, but she won't hear it. As she goes off in search of cleaning supplies, Clarissa offers to take the pizza off her hands. And while the others are busy cleaning, she sets the slices on top of Marshall's magazine ads. When he discovers the grease stain ads, he immediately blames Janet. Clarissa tries to keep Ferguson from getting involved as tensions rise, but he insists on making an appearance. When he moves in for his close-up, Sam notices mud on the bottom of Ferg Breath's pants, and suddenly the whole household is arguing. As Marshall complains about his ruined ads, he discovers the empty pizza plate next next to the running camera on top of the TV. Clarissa, is this your camera, he asks? Are you filming all this? Uh-oh, Sam says. Wait a minute. I gave that pizza to you, Clarissa, Janet complains. Did you, did you do this to your father's things? We were just trying to spice things up, Clarissa says. I guess we got a little out of hand. But look on the bright side. We got some great footage. Sometime later, Clarissa enters her room carrying a videotape and blue ribbon. Well, we won the contest, she tells us. Untamed Darlings was the hit of the school. Unfortunately, our parents made us forfeit the trip to Orlando. Sam has been sentenced to a summer of father-son bonding, and Mom has me on garden duty for the foreseeable future. But there are worse fates, she admits. Ferguson, Marshall yells, these toilet powder ads aren't going to clip themselves. (laughs) Clarissa grins and she hears Janet yell, Clarissa, coming, she answers, and rolling her eyes, she grabs her trowel, and the camera tips over as she heads for the door. (laughs) <laughs> very nice yeah thank you so they won so they won but we just don't see it um yeah they won but uh yeah we skip over the actual um, school <laughs> stuff you know in clarissa fashion i feel like yeah yeah I was, I was thinking about this does what what like what sets can you remember from clarissa besides the house yeah, I was trying to think of that too. Um, brain drain. They yeah. weren't mm. in the house at the end. Yeah, definitely. Um, we do see the school sometimes, right? I'm not sure. I don't remember it. <laughs> oh, I thought we did. I, 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 I don't know. It does seem weird that we would never end up like at school. Yeah, but... I might be thinking of like some of the fantasy sequences where. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was thinking, like. Were there reality shows in the nineties? Um, yeah, like, sort of. Like, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, the real world premiered pretty early. I feel like. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, um, and like, um, 
you know, I was thinking of this even more as like a nature show, like an earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Like a National Geographic, like yeah, yeah. documenting Ferguson in the wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I could I could picture like some sort of like drums hitting while they filming Ferguson. Yeah. 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 And there's that kind of classic Nickelodeon thing of like um, the, the footage looking like on a camcorder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I did steal that from Slew Shorts or now what 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 uh, show premise did you think you had stolen from? I felt that this was like maybe a little too close to um, uh, Doug's dinner date or whatever, you know, like Judy's boyfriend coming to dinner. I thought you were going to say like DTV or something. Mm. I almost named it that just to (laughs) for the fun of it, but. Yeah. Oh darn! No, yeah, Untamed Darlings is awesome. Yeah, very good. Loved it. Thanks. Cool. Well, Allie, do you do you want to venture into uh, your episode? Sure. Yeah, we can do that. Um, I had one title that I thought I was going to call this, and then like it just hit me when I when I thought of it. So, uh, the title of mine is called Occupational Therapy. Ooh. All right. Cool. So intro. We see a shot of Clarissa's room, a pile of clothes on the floor, and closet doors wide open. Clothes fly out on the closet on the closet pile. Sorry, clothes fly out of the closet onto the pile. Clarissa pops out of the closet and faces the camera. It's the worst thing that could happen to me. I can't find my favorite dress. I'm afraid I may have lost it for good, Clarissa says, fretted. People deal with loss and grief in many ways. It's somewhat personal. Some Native Americans, when a loved one passes, will cut their hair as they consider it part of their soul, and part of their soul is lost with that loved one. The traditional act of keening or loudly wailing for the dead where vocal expressions of mourning for, were for the Scottish. We see this during we see during this statement, Ferguson on a grassy hill in a kilt, sash and wore paint holding a sword to the sky and yelling at the top of his lungs. <laughs> more common these days are funerals or ceremonies honoring the dead. We cut to Marshall, Janet, and Clarissa all in black standing above a casket with Ferguson resting and a priest saying, Here lies Ferguson darling, or Fergface, or Fergwad as he was kindly known. <laughs> the camera pans as Marshall holds his head down, Janet sobbing, and blowing her nose and Clarissa grinning at the camera. Back to Clarissa's room, there's a knock as Marshall enters. Hey, sport, your mom just got home. It looks like the museum has fired her. Can you come down to help me console her? Marshall says with unease. He then leaves the room. Clarissa looks at the camera with concern. Looks like I'm not the only one dealing with loss right now. Dun, 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 dun. had to do it since you did it yeah that's a good start i really like the um the her throwing the clothes out of her uh closet that's like a really great um starting image to the episode i was just gonna say like i to go back to yours like i love the idea of like clarissa clarissa grabbing the camera for the first time too Uh, but anyways (laughs) (laughs) um so back from the intro uh, the next scene, Clarissa is coming through the kitchen door as the family is at the dining room table with Janet staring in disbelief. Marshall standing above her, rubbing her back and looking down with concern as Ferguson sitting next to Janet exclaiming, This is absurd. This is an outrage. How could they do this to you? Do you, do you want me to call my lawyer? Janet, in somewhat of a daze, says, They said they wanted the museum to be more hip and modern and that I represented more of the old ways the museum was seen today. That's awful, Mom, Clarissa interjects. Clarissa then turns to the camera and the new square pops up. See, when my grandma passed away, my aunt Mafalda taught us about grief. In 1969, Swiss-American psychiatrist Elizabeth Kubler-Ross published her book on death and loss and introduced the five stages of grief. During this, a picture of Mafalda, then Kubler-Ross pops up, then a graphic with the first stage. The first stage? Denial. Janet interjects. This is okay, though. I'm going to be fine. Marshall tries to help. You know, honey, it's it's okay to be sad or upset right now. It's it's perfectly normal. I, I know that, Marshall, Janet quips. But really, this is good for me. It's a new challenge. Clarissa looks back at the camera and simply states, Denial. (laughs) The phone then rings and Marshall answers. Hello? Yes, this is Marshall. Okay, yes, sir. I'll head right over. Marshall hangs up the phone. That was Mr. Niebergall. He needs me at the gym. He kisses Janet on the head. I love you, honey. I'm sorry you have to go through this right now. Just try to rest and relax and we'll get through this. He grabs his bag and heads out. We will get through this, Janet exclaims. He's not the one who's just got fired. Ugh. Janet then storms out and Clarissa looks back at the camera. Looks like we're already on stage two. Anger, she says, worried as her and Ferguson look at each other. And dreadful music plays in the background. 
We have our first commercial break. Perfect. Nice. Next scene, Clarissa and Ferguson are standing at Janet's bedroom door, which is closed, and you can hear Janet screaming and begging. Ferguson, intimidated, states, maybe you should go in there and calm her down. No way, Ferganoid, you go in there. Clarissa hits back. Ferguson, with wide eyes, just shakes his head no. Clarissa sighs. Okay, let's both go in. Clarissa knocks and enters. Hey, Mom. Janet turns around and yells, what? Clarissa and Ferguson slowly back up, and Clarissa stutters. Uh, uh, nothing. We'll, we'll, we'll be in our rooms if you need anything. They shut the door and look at each other in disbelief and part ways. Next, we are in Clarissa's room. Sitting, she's sitting on her bed and, she, uh, and talks to the camera. I have no idea how long these stages of grief are supposed to last, but hopefully this anger stage is just as short as denial. The, la- the ladder hits the window pane. Hey, Sam. Sam walks in. Uh-oh, something's wrong. What's up? Sam asking as if he doesn't want to know the answer. The museum fired mom, and she's not handling it well. Are you familiar with the five stages of grief? Of course, asked Sam. Uh, no, not really, Sam states. When people experience loss or death, they go through the five stages of grief. Mom went through stage one of denial and is on stage two, anger. Ouch. Yeah, my dad went through something like that when the newspaper hired a young sports writer. My dad took it as competition and thought they were trying to replace him. He was a maniac, says Sam. Any advice to help my mom, Clarissa asks. Sam shakes his head and says simply, just let it ride as he mimics standing on a surfboard. (laughs) Thanks, Sam. No problem. Good luck. Let me know if I can help. Sam then leaves and Janet knocks on the door. She peeks in. Clarissa? Hi, Mom. Hi, Clarissa. I'm sorry about earlier. I shouldn't have snapped at you and Ferguson like that, Janet says, concerned. It's it's okay, Mom. You have every right to be angry. I just can't believe the museum let you go after so many years of dedicated service. Janet sighs. I don't understand it either. They didn't, they didn't even give me a chance to help with the new exhibit. Clarissa chimes in. Can you talk to the museum director? Maybe they didn't hear your side of the story. Perhaps you're right, Clarissa. Thanks. Janet then heads out, and Clarissa follows. As Janet walks past Ferguson's room, he pops out to stop Clarissa. Is Mom still going nuclear? Ferguson asks nervously. I think we've made it out of the blast zone, but I'm going to go in for a closer look, Clarissa responds. Clarissa then opens a swinging kitchen door, but she quickly hides behind the door as Janet is on the phone. Isn't there any way you can give me a chance to prove I'm capable of adapting the new changes? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to work with anyone you you want to bring in, Janet says pleadingly. Clarissa turns to the camera and whispers, Stage 3, bargaining. She then peeks as Janet wraps up her conversation. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Uh Uh-huh. Goodbye. Janet, she then sinks her head down heavily with a deep sigh. I'm sorry, Mom, Clarissa states as she tries to embrace Janet. Janet hugs but quickly starts to leave. Where are you going? I'm going to lie down for a bit, Janet says, defeated. Clarissa turns back to the camera. This is the stage I fear the most. The fourth stage, depression, Clarissa says with disappointment. We cut to our last commercial. We come back to commercial and Clarissa's at her desk visibly stressed. She faces the camera and action news music plays and New Square pops up. It's time I've given you a family update. It's been several days of stage four and mom has been a total zombie. Cut to scenes with Janet walking around the house in her robe. Another scene, she bumps into Ferguson in the hallway. He apologizes, but she responds with a grunt. Dad is working double time for Mr. Niebergall. He's designing a new gym, not only from home, where we see Marshall working in a dumbbell-shaped building, but he's also spending time in the gym. See, Mr. Niebergall wants Dad to make sure that he shares the experience of the gym rats who will be working out in the new facility. We then cut to Marshall in short shorts and a headband, being yelled at by Mr. Niebergall doing jumping jacks on a treadmill and bench pressing to the point of exhaustion. Fergwad is taking advantage of mom and dad's incapacitation by doing everything he can that mom and dad wouldn't allow him to. We see Ferguson playing video games as the clock goes around the clock, or as the clock goes around, watching TV late at night while scarfing his face in a massive ice cream sundae, and driving the car out of the driveway as we hear it crash as it exits the scene. Meanwhile, I'm trying to figure out how to help mom to move on from stage four to stage five. The ladder hits the window pane. Hi, Sam. Hey, Clarissa. Any luck with your mom? Sam asks with concern. Clarissa bemoans, not good. I don't think she's changed out of her clothes since Wednesday. What day is today, Sam asks? Saturday, says Clarissa. Oof, you know, when my dad got manic, the newspaper recommended he see a therapist. It actually helped him out. It might be worth trying. Thanks for the recommendation, Sam. Yeah, you bet, he nods. I'll let you get back to work. See you, Sam. Clarissa faces the camera. I think the doctor is in, as she grins as the camera fades. (laughs) We then see Clarissa in the living room holding a clipboard, wearing Sigmund Freud glasses and a lab coat, and she yells, <laughs> Mom, could you come down here, please? Janet moans as she slowly makes it down the steps. Lay down, would you please, Clarissa says with a German accent. <laughs> Janet sighs as she timber falls onto the couch. Tell me, Miss Darling, what seems to be bothering you, Clarissa asks with a chair behind Janet. Janet turns around and looks at Clarissa with annoyance. Because I lost my dream job? Uh-huh, and tell me, how does that make you feel? Clarissa asks as she bites her pen. Janet peeks up and stares at Clarissa to say, really? Clarissa gives her a stern look and proves she's serious. Janet sighs. I feel sad, depressed, 
angry. I guess I feel worthless, Janet says defeatedly. Clarissa drops the routine. Mom, you don't really feel that way, do you? I mean, yes. Why would the museum want to get rid of me, Janet cries. Sadness rushes over Clarissa's face. Mom, you, you aren't worthless, and your job isn't all that makes up who you are. Janet looks at Clarissa a bit confused. You're a nurturer, a provider. You're a talented artist and creator. You're a wife, and you're, you're my mother, Clarissa exclaims. Janet stares at Clarissa's tears stream down her face, and she wipes them away with a tissue. Oh, Clarissa, I've been struggling with this loss. I've completely lost sight of everything that was important in my life. Thank you for helping me see what matters most. Janet and Clarissa hug, and as they hug, Clarissa whispers in the camera, Stage 5, acceptance. <laughs> Janet places her hand on Clarissa's shoulders, looks at her eyes, and says, Thank you, Clarissa. Uh, Clarissa responds, Anytime, Mom. Hey, where's your brother? Janet asks. We hear a loud moan from upstairs, and Janet and Clarissa look at each other with confusion. Clarissa and Janet open Ferguson's door and see Ferguson lying on the floor, holding his belly and moaning. He is surrounded by junk food, candy wrappers, and empty soda cans with a TV loudly blaring cartoons. Ferguson, Janet exclaims. What is going on here? Ferguson moans again. Clarissa looks in the camera. It looks like Ferg Breath's party is over. She grins with excitement. The camera fades and we open back up in the kitchen where Janet, Clarissa, and Ferguson are sitting at the dinner table. You know, Mom, the structure you provide and meals you prepared for us really keep us sharp. It appears my cognitive skills took a gross decline when I was on that binge. I just want to thank you for all you do for us, Ferguson says, smugly and grinning. Janet quips, thank you, Ferguson, but it doesn't excuse you from what you did or your time being grounded. Clarissa giggles and Ferguson glares at Clarissa. The phone rings and Janet answers. Hello? Yes, this is Janet. Oh, hello. Is that so? Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, I see. Well, perhaps we can meet tomorrow? I'll need to think about it. Okay, I'll see you then. Who was that, Mom? Clarissa asks. That was the director of the museum. It appears their attendance has declined since they opened the new exhibit and they want me back, she says with a smirk. That's great, Mom. When do you start? asks Ferguson. I don't know. I told them I think have to think about it and if I want to come back or not. I have more important things in life than just my job. She looks at smiles at Clarissa, to which Clarissa returns a smile as well. Just then, Marshall comes storming in the back door, drenched in sweat and panting. The family is shocked as Ferguson says, Whoa, Dad, what happened to you? You're beat red. This job is going to be the death of me, Marshall frets as he heads towards the living room. Clarissa gets out of her seat, puts on her gloat and glasses, and grabs her clipboard. She faces the camera and says, Looks like the doctor's back in. She rolls her <laughs> eyes and goes through the swinging door into the living room as the camera fades out and the credits roll. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was, was really awesome. Good. Yeah. Um, man. Wow. Um, <laughs> you, I think you hit like the Clarissa beats so well. Like there were so many things in that episode that, uh, to me, just like felt like it came right out of Clarissa. Um, I, I really like like the um, the newscast. I really like Ferguson ending up um, in like a candy coma. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Some of that stuff, just man. Even the really like, yeah. Even the dialogue beats just felt like very. You know, Clarissa has some kind of consistent beats, just the way like mm -hmm. Sam and Clarissa talk, and yeah. um, we do see. There's some episodes where we see Janet like a little more serious, or I like think of the one where she's sick, mm -hmm. and it, it felt like you really, you really hit Janet, which is Thanks. which is yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah, I've always liked Janet, and I felt like you know. She gets a few episodes, but not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And this one was a little cathartic for me because I didn't lose my job, but I lost a really important part of my job. So this was like a nice way of oh. sort of getting some of that out, too. Cool. Yeah. I'm not cool, but uh, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I thought that was a great, like legit. I think one of my one of my favorite guest episodes, I, I was oh. like totally gripped. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I just want to say um, the the five stages of grief to like yeah uh like works really well with clarissa like yeah. that was a really good yeah. choice for this yeah um, her, her quick turns to the camera yeah 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 that's really one of my worked. favorite things about the show is like it doesn't talk down to kids and yeah. there's she always has an element of some kind that's like you know either like some artist or some psychiatrist or some you know way to kind of connect it to her world but like yeah. try to sneak in a little information or fact. So yeah. Yeah. It was wonderful. That was great. Yeah. Thanks guys. Yeah. 
Alrighty. Um, well, I now that I've heard Allie's episode, mine I think, mine I think takes place one episode before hers. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> All right. And, and well, I, I'll it remind me at the end, and I'll tell you what I think the invisible hmm. link is. Thanks. Um, all right. So my episode, the title tells you a lot here. This episode is called Space Camp. Mm. Uh, and uh, we'll jump right back right into it. Clarissa and Ferguson are lying in the backyard board. I, again, I don't know if we've ever seen the backyard. In some reason, For some reason hmm. in my mind, I thought we had. But um, if we haven't, I built that set. Okay. Uh, they, they both look very hot. Ferguson uses his finger to do math in the air above him. Clarissa has headphones and sunglasses on, blowing a bubble. She, uh, a gum bubble. She sits up and looks directly into the camera and speaks. There's nothing quite like the end of the school year. The excitement, the smell of summer air, the possibilities. Who knows what can happen? Will the fair come to town? Is the beach calling my name? Maybe they might be giants will come to town for a concert. Two months of unadulter- unadulterated opportunity. But alas, it seems every year the sad truth always seems to settle in, that with summer comes an extreme boredom, often an incurable boredom, causing some to wonder, was school actually saving me from the languor of summer? Ferguson interrupts Clarissa's monologue and talks to her. Hey sis, how many days this summer do you think it'll rain? If my calculations are correct, I think we're in for a humid but mostly dry summer, culminating in a very stormy fall. Ferguson continues, but Clarissa turns her attention back to the camera, rolls her eyes, and pleads, This can't be the fate of my summer. Please, someone, anyone, send help. Boom, boom, Credits. All right. Clarissa and Ferguson sit at the dinner table eating cereal with glazed over eyes staring into the distance. Marshall is reading the paper on the counter and humming to himself. Janet comes home with her work bag on. She greets everyone, but no one responds, all lost in their own days. Well, since everyone is so eager, I'll tell you about my day, Janet says. Today we had some special guests stop by... Um, stop by to launch a program at the museum. The Children's Museum is holding a contest for space camp in a few days. There's only one spot, but one lucky kid will get to go to space camp. I think it's I think it's going to be pretty neat. Clarissa and Ferguson initially look unfazed. Ah, camp, Marshall reminisces. He mentions the old days at Camp Laybourne, nostalgically. Both <laughs> kids initially act uninterested. Clarissa says, cool, Mom. Sounds fun, I guess. Clarissa heads upstairs. Ferguson follows suit. Yeah, great, Mom, as he goes upstairs. But when we follow each kid up to their room, we immediately see them talking to themselves that they must get that spot. Ferguson starts pulling a bunch of space-related books off his shelf. Let's see. Clark, Sagan, Hawking. I'm getting into that program. No one will stop me. (laughs) We see... We see Ferguson fantasize as he holds his books. It cuts to him sitting in a room with a bunch of astronauts. They look agonized. We must figure out how to get that spaceship back to Earth before it falls apart. Another response. But there's no way. We've we've went through it all. We don't we can't do it. Ferguson takes a pen and paper calmly, jots something down, and slides it to the middle of the table, where the others look at it. Immediately they all stand up and start applauding and cheering. You've done it, Mr. Darling. You've <laughs> saved the ship. It fades back to him smiling. We cut to Clarissa as she paces around her room, biting her nails. This is it. The opportunity I need. My summer adventure. We hear a clang of a ladder on the windowsill and an E major chord rings out. Hey, Sam, Clarissa says before even seeing him. She continues pacing. Sam enters. Uh, Clarissa? Earth to Clarissa? Clarissa stops and sternly says, Sam, I must go to space camp. Sam responds, right now? No, Sam, but soon, very soon. It is pretty sweet, he says, implying he's been there. Clarissa looks at him intensely. Pretty sweet? Are you telling me you've been to space camp, Sam? 
Well, yeah, my mom took me a few summers ago when I was visiting her. The zero gravity, the astronaut ice cream, the orbiters, it's pretty far out. Clarissa hangs on his every word. Teach me everything, Sam. I must go. We cut back to the kitchen where we see Ferguson telling his mom in an aw shucks manner that he's going to compete for space camp. Well, that's great, Ferguson, his mom says. Marshall chimes in. Good decision, son. The lessons I learned at Camp Laybourne have made me the man I am. In fact, just then Clarissa comes down, cutting off Marshall. Mom! Oh, hi, dear. Ferguson here was just telling me that he's going to try out for space camp. Isn't that wonderful? What? You? No way, Ferg breath. Ferguson responds, Don't tell me you want to try out. Not only am I going to try out, but I'm going... But I'm going, and there's nothing you and your pea-sized brain can do about it (laughs) as they get into each other's faces. Janet says, now, now, kids, I think this is great. I'm sure you'd both do great. Ferguson ignores Janet. When I'm finished with you, you'll wish you were born on a different planet. Oh, sure, Neil Fergstrong, whatever you have to tell yourself. (laughs) Ferguson pounds up the stairs. Clarissa talks to the camera. I have no choice now. I must destroy him. It's one small step for Clarissa, one giant leap for darling kind. We cut to a commercial break. When we return, Clarissa shows us her new computer program that walks her through the space training. The way I see it, I just have to learn everything there is to know about astronomy in two days. So I programmed a space simulation game that will help. We see the screen with Clarissa's face in an 8-bit space uniform. The game is called Space Cadet Clarissa. We see her character get into a space shuttle. The point of view is from inside the cockpit. As the spaceship lifts, the controls go wild. Clarissa hits a few keys and things steady. Launch? No problem. We see her ship floating in space with a view of the solar system. Maybe I'll visit the scorching rocks of Venus, our hottest planet. Or gently glide into the clouds of Jupiter until I'm torn asunder by our largest planet. Nah, looks like a red planet day for us. We see her character make a rocky landing and get out. My readings say that Mars has a very thin atmosphere with a surface pressure less than a hundredth of the Earth's. Even worse, it is 96% carbon dioxide with only about 0.1 oxygen. Earth's atmosphere is 21% oxygen. Uh Uh-oh, I didn't bring enough oxygen. We see her character's face turn blue and gasp. Then we see an Oregon Trail-style grave on the red surface. Here lies Clarissa Darling, born to fly. Well, let's hope it turns out better than that. Off screen, we hear Sam yelling for Clarissa. Clarissa! Clarissa! Sam, come up. Uh, I can't. The ladder's missing. Clarissa looks out the looks out her window. That little cretin. Meet me in the backyard. As Sam and Clarissa get to the backyard, we see the ladder going up to the roof. They climb up the roof where we see Ferguson has a telescope and a radio playing some kind of astronomy lecture. What do you think you're doing, Fergwad? Getting a little closer to the stars? Figure I need to get used to that thinner atmosphere. Plus, Saturn looks brilliant right now. Clarissa looks in the telescope. That's a cloud, Ferg turd. (laughs) Why don't you worry about yourself, Ferguson snaps. I'll be just fine without your help. Clarissa and Sam climb down and take the ladder down with them. We hear Ferguson scream, Hey! We cut to Clarissa's room where Sam spins Clarissa in her desk chair as he blows a large fan on her. Is this working? Sam says. Clarissa stops the chair and shakes her head no. I don't think I should have had that bologna sandwich for lunch, but I must keep studying. Sam says, well, I brought something over to help you out. He holds up a VHS tape of killer clowns from outer space. Sam, get real. Do you know how badly I need this? Sam shrugs. Oh, well, suit yourself. I'll catch you later. Clarissa heads down to the living room where we see Marshall looking through an old scrapbook that says Camp Laybourne on it. Oh, hey, sport. Everything you need to know is right here. Clarissa says, does it have anything to do with astrophysics? Marshall pauses and thinks. Well, no, not exactly. But it does show the value of having fun. Thanks anyway, Dad. But this is serious business. In my experience, sport, serious business gets in the way of fun. Very insightful, Dad. We hear two voices talking from off screen, which gets Clarissa's attention. What's going on in there? Oh, Marshall says, Ferguson asked if he could get a tutor to work with him, so he's in the kitchen. Clarissa launches off the couch and into the kitchen. We see Ferguson in the kitchen getting tutored by an astronaut. 
What's going on in here? Clarissa demands. Oh, hey, sis. I was just brushing up on a little aeronautics with Commander Eugene Cernan. You might know him as the last man to walk on the moon. Cernan awkwardly waves hello to Clarissa. You must be kidding. Nope, I'm Gene Cernan. Nice to meet you. Gene, I mean, Commander, do you have any idea how much danger you're putting our planet in if you let this <laughs> microorganism anywhere NASA? Cernan laughs. Ferguson says, save it, Clarissa. It's too late. I know everything there is to know. And with the commander's help, I suspect I'll be the first to walk on Mars. Clarissa grunts angrily and storms out. Should I leave? Commander Cernan says. Don't you move, Gene. We have work to do. <laughs> we cut to commercial, last commercial. When we come back, we're at the museum. There is a panel of five teenagers sitting together at a long table, including Clarissa and Ferguson. On the other side of the table is a woman in a NASA lab coat. Hello, everyone. My name is Commander Gamelia. We'd like to thank everyone for attending and to our contestants who have so eagerly readied themselves for the chance to attend space camp. We know each of you would make fine additions to our camp. We'll get started with a simple round of questions. Please answer honestly. We see a montage of kids being asked questions like, what about space is most amazing to you? Where, uh, where Bernard, sorry, where Noah Marr says all the pretty colored planets or the question, what's your favorite summer activity or what's your favorite science fiction movie to which a, a boy named Bernard says killer clowns from outer space. Would you rather be able to swim, fly or walk? And other questions like this. Each time the other kids answer excitedly while Clarissa and Ferguson are perplexed at the non-scientific nature of the questions, often stumbling around their answers trying to incorporate all their knowledge. Every question they seem to do worse, as the other, as the other contestants are having fun. Finally, Ferguson breaks down, stands up, and starts screaming at the commander. Do you know who I am? Do you? I'm Ferguson W. Darling, protege of Commander Cernan future Mars explorer, future leader, and I am the only choice here. When Ferguson is done, he realizes by everyone's face, including Janet and Marshall, who look mortified, that he has officially ruined his chances. He plops down in his chair, arms folded, resigned to his fate. Nice going, Ferg, curd. Like you're doing any better, he says. As the rounds pass, we finally make it to the end of the competition. We'd again like to thank all of you today, I so enjoyed hearing your heartfelt responses. But having said that, we'd like to congratulate Bernard Sumner. Clarissa and Ferguson look miserable. Mr. Sumner, your answers displayed the joy and positivity you'll bring to camp, and we can't wait to have you. Bernard stands and shakes Commander Gamelia's hand as people start leaving. Janet and Marshall walk over to Clarissa and Ferguson and pat them on the back. Marshall looks at Clarissa. He says with a smile, I always found serious business gets in the way of having fun, eh, sport? Yeah, 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 Clarissa responds. We return back to uh, at, to the end of the episode in the backyard of the Darling House with Clarissa and Ferguson laying on the yard. Ferguson is again looking at the sky thinking of math problems. Clarissa sits looking at, the picture of a, looking at a picture of a kid having fun in space shoes. She sighs and says, well... It looks like the stars just weren't in our future. Maybe Dad was right. Maybe we should have approached it as something fun rather than a competition. But can you blame me? Look at him. He's infuriating. Oh well. Just like every summer before this one, Ferg, Brain, and I are going to have to try to make something out of nothing. Clarissa puts on her sunglasses and headphones and lays down as the end credits start to roll. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, very good. Thanks. One thing I noticed that both of your stories did uh, that I didn't do at all was um, put some um, educational material in there. That was good. <laughs> yeah, very good. Cla Clarissa always like kind of stuffs in some. Yeah, it's true. And you and you both did it like in a way that was it didn't feel shoehorned in, you know. Um, but uh, I really like. You know, I love um, Clarissa and Ferguson fighting. That's great. 
always. Um, loved Ferguson at the end, uh, standing up to the <laughs> <laughs> like to yell about what's going on. Um, and the uh, astronaut in the kitchen. That was very good. <laughs> yeah, I thought you really captured Ferguson and Clarissa's dynamic uh, super well. Um, I really like that twist with Marshall, like, um, you know, saying the line and then having to say it like verbatim again, just to, just to tone it in there. Like guys, you, you should have just like taken a break from this and yeah, yeah, had some fun, like really, really great way to have like a sort of a moral lesson, but without like, you know, the standard way of presenting those in kids shows. Yeah. 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 Very good use of Marshall. Um, really good twist too like they're studying yeah. so hard to do this right and then <laughs> there's just all these softball questions yeah, yeah that yeah that was very good um Thanks. yeah that felt very good i love i love the space camp like i mean that kind of goes hand in hand with nickelodeon a little bit i feel like yeah um, i really had to dig through to make sure they hadn't done a space camp because uh, they always reference the what the space museum something like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, to my knowledge, there wasn't a space camp one. What uh, episode did you think this is oh, ripping out? Oh, it's uh, it's it's like two. If you just took out, <laughs> if you just took out space camp, it's just brain drain. <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought maybe. I, just... <laughs> I mean, even to the competition of like them, like you know, being so serious that like it throws them off their game, and then mm. they lose. You know. Yeah. I mean, it didn't feel like I. I wasn't. Uh, I didn't hearing hear, it. Yeah, I didn't do it on purpose. But after the yeah. fact, I'm like, oh shoot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was really good. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah. Well. Uh. Three very fun stories. We had. Uh. We had. Let's make sure I get this right. Untamed yeah. darlings. Yeah. Occupational therapy. And uh, space camp. Um, and yeah. I, I hope you guys enjoy that addition to the uh, Clarissa universe. <laughs> yeah, those were all really fun. Yeah, very good. Um, well, before we wrap up, uh, we have some letters here. Um, so we'll, we'll share those. Um, our first is for from, uh, I think, a first-time messenger, Rob. Um, oh, cool. Let's see here. It says, hi, hey, nematodes. I've been listening to your podcast since almost the very beginning, and I wanted to write you guys after so many episodes, but I never did just because, well, I just didn't, okay? Jeez, back off. <laughs> Jeez, get off my back, stink fist. Uh, but seriously, though, when I first found Big Orange Couch, I think you still only had about eight episodes at the time. This just so happened to be a pretty crummy time at work for me, so things at work were not going so great. But being able to listen to you all talk about the glory days of Nickelodeon while I worked really helped me get through that time and helped me keep my mind off all the negative things going on. I can't believe it took me so long to leave a rating and a review and write an email. Oh, that that life that I lived is sad. I feel like I always had interesting comments or questions I wanted to write to you about after every episode of the podcast, but since I'm a total zeeb and I never did, I figured I'd try to make up for lost time and just fit a few random thoughts in this email with a reference to various episodes throughout your run. So here's a couple episodes uh, he wanted to reference. Um, things that define the 90s. And your episode where you and the gang each choose one thing that best defined the 90s to them, Max, Max correctly picked that legendary photo of Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, and Macaulay Culkin together. <laughs> As he described it, I feel, I feel like he was uh, setting up for the perfect joke, but didn't end up materializing. I wanted so bad for him to say, I mean, you've got the greatest basketball player of all time, the greatest entertainer of all time, and you've got Michael Jackson there too. Uh, of course, implying <laughs> Culkin is the greatest entertainer. Uh, I just had to share that because it makes me chuckle. Uh, write an episode, Keenan and Kel. Andrew's episode, Kel Kimball's Day Off, which I think was our first ever write an episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Keenan faking sick and Roger trying to eat a big sandwich might be the most real thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> I'm not convinced that this wasn't an actual episode that I heard. <laughs> uh, favorite Nickelodeon lines. For some reason, the first funny line I always think of is a line from Doug. I think it maybe is from the episode where Roger has a crush on Judy. 
Doug is trying to tell Judy about it, and she responds saying something like, Roger, oh, is he that little blue, is he the little blue one? Thinking that Doug was talking about Skeeter. I haven't seen it in years, but that always stuck with me for some reason. Just seems so clever breaking the fourth wall in that way, while poking fun at their seemingly randomly assigned skin colors. Uh, Nickelodeon Presidential Cabinet. Nobody decided to go with the big ear of corn for Secretary of Agriculture? <laughs> and what? No love for Ishbu as Secretary of State? <laughs> Surely Repairman could have brought something to the tables uh, somewhere, too. Yeah. Uh, 1996 year in review. Multiplicity is a great film. What? You didn't know that? <laughs> and then uh, let's see here. Create your own Nick show. As for your upcoming episode, you ask listeners uh, ideas for their own shows. That best, The best I could come up with quickly was another awesome Nick game show. Okay, picture this. Ninjas. Did I get your attention? Ninjas were huge at that point in the 90s. I guess I haven't thought of too many exact details for the show, but I'm picturing a game show in a similar format as Legends of the Hidden Temple, but everything is ninja-based, complete with kids dressed up in full ninja outfits of different team colors. Maybe there could be some type of target where the victorious ninja team would throw throwing stars at it or in order to determine what their final challenge could, would be. Perhaps they would have to do a final run through an obstacle course that is either a high-tech enemy compound, a shady warehouse, or the shipping docks complete with water hazards picking up items they need to retrieve along the way. I don't know. I can picture some guy giving that unprepared pitch in the Nickelodeon boardroom back then, and it would probably be followed by a short silence and then give this guy a promotion. <laughs> I definitely would have tried to get Kino to host it. You know, the kid from TM, TM, TMNT2 and Surf Ninjas? Ernie Reyes Jr., I think his name is. Or maybe Pat Morita uh, could have chosen to take that on instead of Shelby Wu at the time. Or if having someone with martial arts experience is not a requirement, maybe just double down with more Kirk Fogg. Um, fun fact, Michael Malley grew up in his hometown right next to him, or in the town next to his hometown in New Hampshire. And when I was in elementary school, in either 1991 or 1992, he was my substitute gym teacher for a week. <laughs> I don't know if he had made it big yet, he might he might have just been doing get the picture by then and i certainly didn't know who he was at the time but i just remember he was a really fun gym teacher not really a shocker there my parents told me a few years later and i was like what <laughs> anyway sorry for the long email i guess i waited too long to reach out but lots of thoughts in my brain thanks so much for putting yourselves out there and providing so much fun and laughter for all of us out here I hope the show goes on forever, or at least a while longer. I'd settle for that. Also, did you know that Kirk Fogg follows you on Instagram? That's not nothing. <laughs> See ya. Wouldn't want to be a Rob. Oh, man. Awesome. Oh, really awesome. This. Yeah. That's great. Um, uh, that is amazing, though. Michael Malley <laughs> as your gym teacher. Yeah, that's your, that's your interesting fact for life. Yes. <laughs> yes. That'd be amazing, like... Kids or like a Nick series, Mike O'Malley is like a substitute teacher. Yes. Yeah. Now that would be a good series. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, we should have pitched that last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, also, just a little something that I somehow picked up. I guess if anybody's listening in the UK, they might be familiar with this. But apparently, ninjas were banned for a while, like in uh, <laughs> in England or. Maybe all of UK, I don't know. Wow. Um, so, like, anything with ninja in it, they called something else. I can't remember what they called. Including Ninja, ninja Turtles? Turtles? Yeah. It, it was maybe, like, Hero Turtles. Wow. Instead of Ninja. <laughs> Just That's fascinating. Very strange. Vaughn, let us know. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Well, uh, thanks so much, Rob. Please don't be a stranger. Uh, yeah, I really so enjoyed nice. your thoughts. <laughs> can I can I say something about that letter? Of course. Yeah. Great letter. Um, he, he mentioned the secretary of state that, that cabinet episode is one of my favorite episodes you guys have done. And I want to change my pick for secretary of state Oh, okay. uh, to Olaf. Oh. <laughs> ah, yes. 
A 15 fame? <laughs> yeah. Yes. How did we not think of that? That's great. Uh, and then he mentioned the lines episode. Uh, you know, uh, whenever I'm like yeah. kind of bored or if I'm like, I'm feeling a little down in the dumps, like I've listened to that episode probably like four or five times now. And every time I just die laughing because it's so good. You guys have so much fun on it. Wow. And, and I like have probably daily have said, hit me. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> In, as a result of it, so. good, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Me. Yeah, that was that was a pretty common one when we were little. Hit me. <laughs> uh, this next one comes from Mel. Um, says, uh, "Hey there. First, I wanted to say I love your podcast, especially your Are You Afraid of the Dark focused episodes. Have you guys ever considered doing an Are You Afraid of the Dark versus but on bad episodes?" <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like we've kind of, I feel like we've kind of done that. Oh, um, uh, well, I guess it just depends on your opinion. Like to me, dark, dark dragon versus vacant lot is kind of like too unremarkable. Yeah. Or unfinished painting versus um. Oh, what did Chris have? I forget. I don't know. They're not terrible though. I mean, I yeah. feel we could probably pick two terrible ones. <laughs> um, like season seven. Um. <laughs> the guy who like plays violin and uh set up uh, yeah. last dance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a good one against I don't know what, but yeah, yeah. You guys well, each pick your worst and then argue who's yeah. the worst. Well, uh, you know, you you hate Stone Maiden and I kind of like it. I do hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a starting point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's uh, a fun idea. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like where each person argues that their episode is worse instead of better. Oh, <laughs> oh. Um. <laughs> oh that changes uh, the whole game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well then I call Locker Twenty Two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, that's fair. <laughs> I'll pick something. I don't know what yet, but yeah, um, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like that would be a really fun challenge for the debaters, and we can all agree that there's no shortage of bad. Are you afraid of the dark episodes? Uh, also regarding the tale of the night shift episode back in October, this is something that had been on my mind since I'd listened to that episode. And I guess I just wanted to make my thoughts known, but I agreed with Joey's take that Colin was a predatory character. He might just be, it might just be because I'm a woman and women tend to deal with a lot of sexual harassment in their regular lives. So I viewed that character's behavior through a different lens. The line, I won't give you up until you give in. Awful. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Made me feel pretty gross upon rewatch. And again, agreeing with Joey that language like that would absolutely not fly in 2020. Especially in the aftermath of Me Too, where society has really shined a light on the subtleties of sexual harassment in the media. I don't really blame the character, though, and I don't even really blame the writers, because language and behavior like that was probably so normal that no one questioned it. But I do think it's a testament to how far society and, to te and television has come in terms of rejecting behavior like that. Sorry to bring an emotionally charged topic into an otherwise super fun and lighthearted podcast, but I just thought I would throw that out there. Also, Candy Corn is great. <laughs> is, Mel, I guess what <laughs> is Mel my new favorite listener? <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is I agree with a lot of Joey's takes, Mel. Finally. Um... However, I, I got to disagree on the candy corn. Um, <laughs> I just don't like it, but... Uh, Allie? So be it. Candy corn? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pass on candy corn. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks, Mel. You got my back. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's so fascinating to, like, you know, there's so much we love about 90s Nick, and I don't think any of it, of, cor of course, none of it is purposely malicious. But yeah, definitely that having that lens of time to look back, you know, some of it's some of it's pretty cringy. Not, yeah, not, I definitely not too much, but some of it. I don't remember that line specifically, but uh, it does <laughs> does sound pretty egregious. Yeah, it's just the whole vibe of like the moment she sees him, she seems like oh, just get away from me. Yeah, and yeah. Then, yeah, his persistence and plus Felix is just a better catch. Well, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Um, and then one last one here from Brad, really short. It says, hey, guys, been, binge been binging your podcast ever since I came across it last week. I'm going to suggest or beg that you do a podcast on the Doug episode, Doug's Fan Club. So mm -hmm. funny. That is a great episode. Um, 
Uh, and if you could do some more about the show 15, that would be great too. Thanks for Ooh. the content, Brad. <laughs> and uh, between Allie's Olaf mention and that, I think it's probably time to talk about what we're going to do next, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, next episode, we're going to be talking 15. <laughs> Free falling, free falling, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, we so very weird. We skipped the first two episodes. Well, we talked about the first one a little bit on um pilots, yeah. So, episodes two is the only one we did not talk about at all. Ah. Um, but we did number three, dislocated Swede, and then last year we did episode four, uh, with true friends. And we're going to do episode five next time of free falling. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm very excited. I mean, these conversations have been some of my favorites. Uh, if you haven't, I, I know, I know some people might see 15 pop up and like skip it. Cause they might not know what it is. Yeah. And me, I, I would be one of them Yeah, uh, before we started talking about it more. Yeah. But like, if this was okay. not our podcast. Yeah. But I, I beg of you, and this is the hundredth time I, I will beg please go watch 15 and um even if you hate it you'll probably still like it and if you like it you'll love it and uh it's it's i think it's pretty accessible i think it's out there so yeah it's uh truly weird and i i I like this i just like this title how like dramatic it is free falling (laughs) i don't even know what this is gonna be but yeah i'm gonna have to refresh myself but I, i i you know every episode ends in some pretty significant drama um, oh, yeah. I think I, I do think there was a divorce happening. So, uh, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, we'll, 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 of course, have a last time on 15 for you guys next sure. year. So if, sure. if you don't go back and watch, you know, we'll 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 get you caught up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on the accessibility, there's an app that's free called the Film Rise app. And every episode, all four seasons is on there. Wow. <gasps> What's that app called? Yes. Uh, it's called Film Rise. Film Rise. OK. <laughs> mm hmm. Yes. Thank you, Ellie. and yes, I did binge the entire series. <laughs> oh, so, so you're you're a fan, like legit fan? Uh, no, I'm not a legit fan. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm a fan the same way that you are. <laughs> so legit. I, I'd never heard of it until you guys reviewed that episode, and I was immediately hooked. So uh, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Uh, it, it's hypnotic. I, there's something it about really this show that's just yeah, so weird. Um. But yeah, that'll, that'll be a, a whole lot of fun. Uh, but before we wrap up anything, I do want to just one more time shout out um, Allie Mander, Allie underscore Mander, um, the Krebstar products page. I, I keep yeah, meaning I to, but you out. have uh, you have some stickers that I desperately want. So for any oh, for, yeah. for anybody uh, for anybody who's a Pete and Pete fan, you have some shirts like uh, that say pipe, and uh, you have the oh. uh, the King of Fro uh, King of Fro. <laughs> <laughs> King of Fraud license plate uh, both a sticker, you have a shirt um, you got the Inspector 34 like logo as a sticker um, yeah and I got a, a, a pocket t-shirt with that Inspector 34 on it so. oh yeah so it looks just like the badge that Inspector wears and I think the one I really want is the seal of the International Adult Conspiracy with the quote <laughs> because I said no on yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if folks don't have an Instagram, they can just go to bigdoorprize.com. That's just my my company or whatever, cool. and they can access the shop there without having to deal with Instagram. So cool, bigdoorprize.com. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, keep keep it up. It's a uh, thanks. Really <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun with it. So awesome. Uh, well, in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, we are on Twitter at BOC Podcasts. We're on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcasts. You can email us like Rob, Mel, and Brad did at orangecouchpodcasts at gmail.com. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. Leave us a review. That really helps other people find us. Uh, shout out to our newest review uh, by the five-star review by the Rug Brothers. Uh, really, really appreciate that. And uh, do you have anything else? Andrew, anything else on your mind? <laughs> oh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> a, man of, a man of simple taste. I feel like I always have a lot of stuff to say leading up to this, and then when I get here, I like... Uh, yeah. just can't remember any. Have you... Um, you, you haven't subscribed to Paramount Plus, have you? No, I haven't. Okay. I mean, that's where all the Nick 
business is happening now. I know. I have been really reluctant to have to sign up for another, yet another uh, streaming service, but yeah. but uh, I might have to. <laughs> they they are get they are getting more and more like even some kind of obscure stuff. They're starting to add it. Uh, so I like it. Yeah. I mean, I like that they're doing it. Speaking of liking it, Allie, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, oh, yeah. my pleasure. Your, epi- your episode was legit really one of my favorites uh so thank you for for telling me well thank you and anytime you guys do write an episode i'd love to be back this was a really fun challenge so yeah awesome. oh, I'm, I'm glad to hear it pete and yeah. pete for sure if you got one <laughs> we're, we're well we've, we've both done one but yeah. i feel like it's like just officially doing it as scary but yeah i got one in yeah. the bag that i'm excited to tell sometimes so i like that yeah yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, um, we'll see y'all next episode. Well, we tried. (laughs) (laughs) Cancel the airborne.